Welcome to Bookish Podcast with Caffanel, a podcast about books ish. A quick disclaimer before we start there may be some spoilers, so please save the episode for later if you don't want any. And also, please follow us on social at We Are Bookish Pod. We hope you enjoy. Hello. Hi. How are you? Hey, go, hey. Ooh. Bien. Saba. Saba bien. Wait. Um, Caroline liked her French. Did she? Oh, I've yeah. absolutely obliterated it now. Sorry, Caroline. We love you. Oh, God, I really need to brush off on my French. <clears throat> well, we're going to Paris, darling, so... Exactly, that's why... I... No, but actually, genuinely, this sounds ridiculous, but I actually think... Because I would go to France, like, maybe once a year or at least see my friends that I speak French to. And obviously, because of COVID, I haven't done that for like two years over two years because I do it in the summer so it's like almost three years now could so. you not practice with Caroline yeah sometimes when I'm drunk we speak French hey yeah that's way to do it no inhibitions I think it's just weird because we speak just I don't know how to explain it but like I feel like the language you speak to a person is the language you speak to a person I don't know how to like oh it's weird when we speak French like it's very because, strange yeah um, my friend was but, actually and my masters my friend is Polish and there was another Polish guy and she was like it's just really weird if we speak Polish to each other even though that would make quite a lot of sense if it was just those two but they just speak in English because they were like it's just really weird because we've just always spoken in English yeah so fair yeah 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 I was talking to uh, my housemate about it and she was on the she was on the plane coming back from Albania she's Albanian and she was saying that she got chatting to a girl on the plane. They had a really good conversation. And they, at the end, she was like, they both realised that they were both Albanian. I don't know why they didn't see that before, why the discussion ever came up. So but then English. they'd been speaking English the whole time. And she was just like, God damn, we could have just spoken Albanian, Albanian this whole time, but now it would be weird to do it. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. I don't know why it's weird. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Oh my yeah. God. Did you hear my tummy rumble then? Is that your tummy? I yeah. <laughs> it's not the storm, it's my tummy. Yeah, for anyone listening, at this time, we're currently going through Storm Eunice. So they're what a horrible like... name for a storm. Oh my God. Okay. Can we talk about. I So the, the Independent this week have really. Their articles have been maybe a little bit reaching. Uh, they had really? one about Wordle and the word Colk and how that showed that there was a class divide, right? Yeah, because Colk is that sealant thing and no one yeah, knows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't then know what today, it was. I had to Google it. I was like... Yeah. And then, obviously, but I'm not very... I'm, uh, I would never attempt any sort of DIY. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. But apparently that, that exposes great, great class divides within the UK for people that didn't know what Colk was. I didn't know. That was a guess as well for me. But and is then, that not, like, I don't know, like, is it not just if you've ever done that task? <laughs> so I guess unless you're, like, a trader or a builder or you are a home enthusiast, I don't know when you would... Yeah. But then, but then oh, I, I guess, like... You that, I never huh? sent you that mean girl... Not mean girl... Uh, What's the one with Zoe Deschanel? New girl. Yeah. There's a meme where they say cult. Oh, yeah, I've seen it. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. Also, and I was though, like, me? Yeah, like, I get, I get what the independent's trying to say. I, I kind of get it, but I feel like 
reach, slight reach. It's just quite a specific bit of vocabulary. Yes. Like, talking about languages, it's one of those words that I would just never know in French, even if I was like... Even if I like, even when I was living there, I just never would have learned that word. Do you know what I mean? No, it's like a gap exactly. in your vocabulary. So I say that all to say they had an they had an article this morning. I think I sent it to Lorena. Similar vein, where it was like uh, the sexist the sexist reason what people might not take Storm Eunice seriously. What? Basically, it's an article where it's like people don't take storms with um, storms with female names, female gendered names. People don't take it seriously. As Do you a, know what? There's actually something in that. Researchers have found hurricanes with female names result in more deaths because people take them less seriously and therefore take less precautions. But then I, I just like I don't feel like I know enough. Like because obviously like, there was Hurricane Katrina in the US and like I feel like. I feel like when you live in a place where you are used to storm alerts, yeah, then you, you have a natural affinity to hunker down and you know what you need to do. Whereas I think that us, because of where we are sat geographically and stuff, we don't yeah. really experience that much in terms of hurricanes or earthquakes or stuff like that. So, And because we tend to overreact to things when they happen here, that maybe we don't take it seriously that way. But, I mean, I thought it was interesting, but I was like, given, well, I think given it's the like, article they had last week, this week. There's a lot, like, like there's a lot, I guess there's a lot of discourse around, like, when it's, like, female, when it's something described as female, like, often, like, seen a certain way, like, um, some unconscious bias and stuff. But I'm, I feel like people just don't take storms seriously here because... They don't really happen very often. So people will be like, oh, it'll be fine. Having said that, everything's shutting. I meant to go into an exhibition at one o'clock. It's not opening today. I don't know. I haven't heard that's of because, That's because just... so Wales and the Southwest had the red, the rare red, red warning. We've got one now. And now the South East and London has one. So, I mean, I've just when received... you take... When you texted me last night and you said, like, I'm coming home, the train's packed. Yeah. And then, and then you sent me the thing about people trying to go from Manchester to London to Manchester, wherever it is they were going. Did I send that to you? Did, I see that somewhere else. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, I, me and my housemate were like, well, we don't actually have any food. We had enough food to last us until this point, And then it was going to be like a takeaway type situation uh, or just figure it out on Friday. But then we were like, oh, if we get sort of reined in, we don't actually have anything. So we went and got some stuff just in case. Yeah, I think, um, yeah, well, all the trains that I needed to get would come from the southwest. So they already said that they weren't going to be running. So I was like, okay, I'm going to go home. Is <laughs> that the whole London. weekend then? No, just today. It's just because I was going to come back. I was going to, we were going to do this recording and then come back because I had plans later on today. And then, um, yeah, and then I was like, oh, I better go back. But yeah, but guys, we're talking before the storm. So we don't really know how bad it's going to be at the moment. The red weather I mean, warning comes in at 10am, so... 
Yeah, I mean, the thing is, if you're telling me that there's a hundred miles, so I don't care what it's called. You're telling me hundred miles per hour winds. I'm taking that seriously. I don't know how it's it's wild. I mean, I'm not gonna drive anywhere. I mean, don't have a car. But if I did, I literally said to my parents, I was like, do not drive anywhere tomorrow. Because actually, on Wednesday, you know, the weather was quite bad on Wednesday. I drove home uh, from my brother's house to my parents' house, which is like maybe a 40 minute drive. And there was branches everywhere. Like it felt really unsafe. And that was like nowhere near as bad weather as it's going to be today. And that felt really unsafe. I was like, oh my God, I feel like a branch is going to fall on the car at any second. Yeah. So, so yeah, hopefully we are all fine. Stay safe out there, kids. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Take, like, listen to your local weatherman uh, and take their guidance. I mean, yeah. it, to be honest, like, the storm would have passed by the time this has gone, but just for future storms and hurricanes and tropical disasters you know, on the mat they were like it's not a hurricane it's just a storm <laughs> <laughs> okay this is the thing though like oh i don't know um, what's the difference i mean obviously hurricanes are really bad but i feel like the storm is gonna be really bad just want people to take it seriously maybe don't do that <laughs> yeah exactly it's not a hurricane all right cool thanks for the information oh if it's only a storm i'll go out still it's fine Hold on to your hat. No. Yeah. Just don't go outside today just if you can avoid it. And if you go outside you and you go to the shop, make sure you check your eggs. Oh, yes. <laughs> Why did you say that, Catherine? Right. This is actually really funny. I actually really enjoyed this. Basically, there's this tweet and it's gone viral. And it said, I saw someone in Tesco buy eggs and they didn't open the box. Just put it in the trolley and walked on. Total psychopath. And I liked it because, I mean, yeah. Why would you not check your eggs? Why do you get home and you've got two broken eggs? And then it all leaks out in, into the rest of your shopping and then you've got a disaster, right? Yeah. It's a classic. You check your eggs. Like, I don't know. That's just like a normal procedure, right? And I liked it. And then my friend, obviously, came up on his timeline that I'd liked it. And he screenshot it and sent it to me. And he was like, um, I, don't, I don't check my eggs. And I was like, well, I have one thing to say to you, pal. <laughs> <laughs> and then you better work no, <laughs> yeah. and then the conversation got a lot better because he then said uh, even if an egg is cracked whilst in the box the chances are low that the shell membrane is breached is slim oh no whilst in the box the chances are low that the shell membrane is breached I'm just an utter madman and I was like alright you egg expert I hope you never get a cracked egg and then he just replied like with a little star and he was like expert <laughs> <laughs> that was a very fun exchange but anyway if you don't check your eggs you're a psychopath so. oh you should have you should have yeah <laughs> he beat you to the expert <laughs> he did he did but for a man um, that doesn't yeah. look after his eggs i feel like people do though like if i'm in the supermarket i always see people just open it up have a look around pop it, pop it i thought everyone in. did it i thought it was like quite i thought i think they do it at the till as well do I? Yeah, if you don't go self-checkout, obs, but I always go self-checkout because no one talked to me. Um, but if you go to the actual person at the till, they check your eggs. Well, they met most places, I think. It just, it's just... And wild. then they press their little buzzer thing. If they've got a problem. Can you get me some more eggs, please? 
I I want to shout out this Twitter exchange that I saw this week. Happened on the 15th of February. The 15th of February also happens to be Megan Thee Stallion's birthday. And some Twitter user out there called at heart emoji took the liberty of creating a thread whereby they pointed out every time Megan Thee Stallion said that she was at the door at the mall with your dad. Right. There are seven incidences across like three, two mixtapes and three EPs or four EPs where Megan Thee Stallion has written in the lyrics that she's at the mall with your dad in certain variations. Either she's rapping that lyric or somebody else has. And it's honestly wild. And then, so there's seven instances of it where it happens. And then there's one mixtape where it doesn't happen at all. And I absolutely love this thread. She was like, okay, that's it thus far. Anyways, any, happy anyways, happy birthday to Megan. And the... <laughs> The comments underneath literally sent me. It's just so funny. Um, people put, one thing about Megan is she's always at the mall with your dad. <laughs> and then someone underneath put, your dad has good taste. <laughs> someone put, if I had a nickel for each time Megan and Stallion wrote about going to the mall with my dad, I would have seven nickels, which, is a, which isn't a lot, but it's weird that it happened seven times. Uh, Someone else put, how many dads told their kids they're going out for a gallon of milk only to go to a Megan Thee Stallion show and never to be seen again? Uh, so, someone put, I wonder if she had a particular person's dad in mind when she wrote these. Someone else replied, yeah, yours. Yeah, so it's just a thread of your dad jokes. It's giving your dad energy. It's amazing. Um, someone else put, love this so much. Thank you. Now, my major question is, why is Sugar, the mixtape, that's the only one that's left out? And then the poster put, I wonder this too. Might it be because it was released during peak quarantine so she couldn't go to the mall with our daddies? <laughs> and then one final one. Um I like how it's a continuing thing that she's always at the mall and then consecutively still at the mall with your daddy. Uh, also, like, also, like, a big one, like, is it the Mall of America or is it one of those malls, like, where is it, it's, why is it still around? Like, is it like the Iverson Mall? So basically they're just discussing what kind of mall uh, it would be that Megan was at with your daddy. And it's just a very funny Twitter exchange. And sometimes Twitter is nice for things like this. Um, so thank you, Heart Emoji, for giving me the chuckles this week. Um, <laughs> sometimes I wake time... up in the morning and Ellie yeah. sent me like five tweets overnight. <laughs> we have different sleep schedules, me and Ellie. <laughs> I don't sleep, I'm a vampire. I sleep I'm more than the average person. <laughs> I'm a vampire, vampire, vampire. I have lost my thing. Thanks. La 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 la. I was so confused as to what's happening. Uh, that was a song that was on the Juno soundtrack. I used to love that soundtrack, and I can't remember who sings it, but it's not important. Uh, <laughs> the last thing I wanted to talk about was Love Is Blind. Have you watched it yet? Probably no, not. because I've only heard bad things. So, should I waste my time? 
I guess you should waste your time <laughs> on the first series. Yeah, I know. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've been told. But by you, notably. <laughs> Ellie went okay, viral so on Twitter look- for her Love is Blind season one tweet, by the way, guys. It was the best moment of her life. I need, I need, I need another moment like that for season two. I've not had it yet. The thing about season two, so what made Love is Blind so fantastic? And I think you know, we're big Bolu Babalola fans here. And she she's just so good at summarising, I guess, like pop culture and TV, pop TV culture and stuff like that. Sometimes um, I have to like mute her when there's something going on that I don't want spoilers for. <laughs> so I love you, Bolu, putting your mute. Yeah. <laughs> um, she really summed it up really well. And I don't know what it was about the first one, but the first one happened just before we went into lockdown and there was like a whimsy about it, like this idea of like being in love and finding true love in, in this. There was something about that whimsy and that made it I guess um that made like people had a connection to it I just feel like this season and I don't know whether and as with things as they go on because people become more savvy to the situation and what they're doing that they take all of what was magic about it out of it if that makes sense. Mm. So I'm okay. Like what was great about season one is that you had like the Amber Barnett, Jessica triangle, and then you had drama within the couple that was, uh, um, Giannina and Damien and he's trash. And then you have like, and then you had like, uh, Cameron and Lauren and everyone was rooting for Cameron and Lauren. Everybody loved Lauren. Like it was such good representation of like the black female woman and like everyone was rooting for them. Everyone. And you know, there's been two, there's been at least the two couples that have survived it. So Amber and Barnett and Lauren and Cameron, and it's genuine. And even though like Amber and Barnett was, you know, slightly wild, like you could get behind them as a couple. That's what you want. There is not one single couple in this season two, and the second half of it drops today, that you could get behind that you want to root for. Like not not one single couple. There's like single people. I feel like sometimes that happens with Love Island though, and then right at the end, it sort of comes together. So hopefully, all of these people are rubbish. Like absolutely. My brother was saying though, he was like, if he watched it, and I was like, nah. And he was like, the thing is, the concept is that it's like love is blind and you're like not meant to be like focused on the on the appearance of the person but every single person in the show is just super conventionally attractive so like you know that you're not gonna get someone that's like yeah like not conventional like doesn't fit into the the box so like he was like it's a bit stupid because like they're all just like quite skinny and like (laughs) very pretty yeah they put two plus size women in there and then you saw them at the beginning and then you never saw them again what i wanted to know what was yeah you saw them like oh we're here for love and then they focus they focus in on the couples that they go on throughout the season so it was just there to be like woo diversity yeah i guess yeah diversity did we get like a did we get like a match i mean i think they do a better job of it than perhaps love island does in terms of casting oh yeah i mean i mean that's the bottom 
but it's oh, there's still <laughs> yeah but there's still a lot of work to do and like even so you know how your brother said yeah the idea is that you love is blind and there's a guy in there his name is shake and he gives absolute tom haverford vibes if you ever watch parks and reps that parks and recreation mm -hmm. he's absolutely tom haverford but at least with tom haverford there was something likable about him right whereas this guy part-time dentist part-time no part-time veterinarian part-time dj like he went in and he was like my type is blonde hair blue eyes, literally okay when i first came to america i saw two things for the first time and i fell in love snow and blonde women that's literally what he said the guy's indian right and then when he was in the booths he was like trying to suss out what someone looks like by asking quite like asking questions that would elicit that information so he was like um if i took you to a festival would i be able to carry you no so do you like festivals yeah great so if we went would i be able to carry you on my shoulders like do you get on people's yeah and then he was like, oh, yeah, so my type is blonde. And then whoever's on the other side is obviously like, well, then I'm not going to come back and see you. He's currently matched up with this girl called Dipti. She's beautiful. She's also Indian. She was also like, you know, I, d I, saw, I date outside of my race. Like They both were like, we date white people. But they connected inside the booths and then went on into the next stages. And it's like... She is so into him and he was like, oh, I just don't want to be with her. She reminds me of my auntie. And I'm like, oh. Oh my God, what the fuck? This guy. Yeah, this guy. He's, he's she reminds me of my auntie. Yeah. Well, is that a bad thing? Maybe your auntie's just, great. Like, I, yeah, exactly. I, I get, I totally get that people have a type and, and that's a thing and fine. But I just think if, I just think, why go yeah, on a show like that? If you're not going to be, yeah, if you're not really going to be truly open to it, then why go on a show like also, that? Also, I just don't, again, my, I just firmly don't believe that people have one type and that's the only person they're attracted to. I feel like people definitely have preferences and that's fine. And there's like, yes. like there's like, oh, this is the kind of person that I'm attracted to. Like, I definitely have, like, preferences, but it doesn't mean that I couldn't be attractive to someone that's completely different and completely outside of those preferences. Like, that's not, I don't, I would never, like, never be beyond the realm of possibility that I'd just be attracted to someone completely different that I've never, like, been attracted to before. Yeah, yeah. And you know what? They've This season, they've copy and pasted a lot of the same triangles and arcs that people had, with the exception that, actually, I'm not confident that anyone's really going to walk out there and say that love was blind because there's like at least there's at least three two trying two quadrangles two squares two love yeah. quads and that's like half the couples <laughs> so it's, and then you've got the stuff going so there's shake and dipty then you've got shane shana natalie and kyle and that's that's it she's putting it on there me and Shayna and Kyle, one's an atheist, one isn't. One's like really deeply religious. She's blaming the fact that they won't get on on him being an atheist, but really she's just into Shane. I but mean, Shane picked Natalie, and then it, that's a whole thing. And then you've got the stuff with uh, Mallory, Salvador, Ayana, and I've forgotten the guy's name. And that's a whole quad. And then you've got Nick and Danielle, and Danielle is so insecure; it's actually painful. Like. I've, I just I just want to go, oh, I just want to give you some confidence because yeah. I, I hate that she's gone, stuff has happened in her life that's made her so, so insecure, you know? 
that's gotten her to this point where she can't sort of trust in a relationship. Yeah. So I don't have any hope. We'll see what go. We'll see what happens. But casting the series, not overwhelmed by it at all. Fair. Well. Maybe I'll watch it. I don't know. I started watching too long to watch handle. It, watch the, yeah, I, I like... Watch, it, watch the first one. Also, I feel like I've got to be in the right kind of mood for those kind of shows. Like, maybe. Good to have, like... Watch the first... Okay. I will. Yeah, if you're going to watch it, yeah, watch the first one. I don't know if you should waste your time on the second one. It's just not... Class. It's just not giving the way it should or needs to. I tell you something you Literally. should waste your time on. Rereading The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo. <gasps> yes, buddy. Um, Ellie suggested that we did this for an episode because we are the Taylor Jenkins Reid fan club. And I was like, sure, I need to reread it because I read it bloody ages ago now. And I don't reread books normally. So I've been enjoying the experience because I know what happens at the end. But I'm like, dun, dun, dun. it's actually really interesting rereading a book that's got a twist. Because you're like, oh, I see. I see where this is going. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, but I... Yeah, go on. Uh, Taylor Jenkins Reid announced yesterday that we are recording this slightly in advance, guys. So this will be old news by the time that happens. But that she's got a new novel coming out this year called Carrie Soto is Back or something. Is that what it's called? I don't know if... Yeah, I was a bit confused. I didn't know if they were just saying that, but it's about Carrie Soto, or it's actually called Carrie Soto's Back. I, was uh, like, huh? I don't know if they were just doing that to say that they are writing one about her. And it took me a minute. Well, it took me to when I spoke to you to go, who is she in that in the book again? Here we go. The stylist have written, publishing hardback ebook and audio on 30th of August 2022, Carrie Soto is Back is a novel of ambition, rivalry, and female icons, which sees the beloved character return for one epic final season. Dun, dun, dun. I don't think she's a beloved character, but sure. Yeah, I was going to say, was she a beloved character? Um, I I don't think I agree with that. I didn't I didn't have any affinity to her when I was reading Malibu Rising. I didn't feel bad for her. She was having an affair with somebody else's husband. But then we only really had Nancy. Yeah, exactly. We only really had one side of the story. So I didn't... <sighs> Mate... Uh, she... It was her friend that I liked. Her friend, Nina, Nina, not Nina, not Nancy. Nina's friend, the one that was with the, the one that was like good yeah. shouting at the police. But I sometimes I feel like she does like minor characters, like Nick Reaver, for example, yeah. because people don't know much about them already. So it's like, oh. Yeah. Also, she's put. I'm thrilled to be able to release Carrie Soto as back with Hutchinson Hindman. Says, Taylor Jenkins read. Carrie Soto has a soft spot for London and a pre preternatural skill on the grass courts of Wimbledon. So I'm especially excited to share the story with UK readers. Oh yeah! Oh, I mean, it's going to be really so cool to see how she London. talks about London, isn't it? Yeah, because we've very much been fixed on the west coast of the US with yeah. all of her stuff, with the exception of maybe like the little bits where it was in New York or in Pennsylvania. We've very much been on the west coast, so yeah. yeah. Oh, that's exciting! That's really exciting. Oh, I'm I so do excited. need to read. I after reading seven. 
The Seven Husbands of Edwin Hugo, I realised that I actually need to go back and read Malibu Rising. And I've said this before because I read it at a time when actually it wasn't quite... When you hit a, you know when you hit a book rut and then you're just... Yeah. It's not probably sinking in the way it needs to. Mm-hmm. And now having had Evelyn's side of the story in terms of her marriage with Mick, I I just think it's like wild because she's just a passing reference in his book. Yeah. But this, like you get her perspective on it, it's fantastic. You, and I think Yeah, she's, she's just like I love that. She's just amazing, this woman. Like her books are amazing. She is, yeah. Absolutely. So let's dive in. I just So what I love about Evelyn Hugo is that it's based around that sort of like golden time in Hollywood where you had actresses like Liz Taylor, Bette Davis, Joan Crawford, Catherine Hepburn, all of all of those types of actresses and how they when the studio setup was also a lot different. So you were signed to a studio, you would have to run films. There was lots of it's very business and acting you had to learn how to maneuver that world I like that they're like in they like meet for lunch and they're like in they like just go to the next studio like it's just funny because like films are not made like that anymore it's just funny they're like oh we met for lunch in between our sets like yeah yeah exactly or it's um it's so funny it's so different now like I don't I don't know that actors are particularly tied to one studio or studio deals in the same way that it was back then no um because it was seen as a risk to go out on your own or be a freelancer we we see that at some point with Evelyn and um who's her who's the who's her friend that she marries Harry Harry yeah because he, he's a producer, isn't he, at the beginning, and then he sort of goes out on his own and they sort yeah. of, like, go out on their own, which is, like, unheard of um, for them. But we get we get very early on that Evelyn has to, like, build a thick skin and she has to manoeuvre in a way that will get her what it is that she needs mm-hmm. to be able to be successful. I have a lot of respect for her. I couldn't... I don't think I could do it, not in not quite in the same way no but, she's tough um she's not yeah. saying that you're not I didn't, I didn't mean like you're you're tough too Al. You're not. <laughs> yeah i am I'm yeah sorry. you are <laughs> she just has a lot of cunning and i think people misunderstand definitely then would misunderstand misunderestimate a woman like evelyn because they would just assume that she is like this ditzy blonde haired yeah boobed woman which is how she describes herself she knows what her assets and her advantages are and she plays them to her advantage but also um, um i think it's interesting that um thingy oh my god name uh nina reaver does the same thing yes in a different way in a different way but like quite a similar like a parallel there with like women using like the things that are like against them for their gain. You know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah. No, they do. It's just, it's great. Like she. So we start. We start off. She did her mum die? Was that what it was? Yeah. Her mum so died when she was like young, and then 
her dad was like abusive we don't get that much detail about it but basically it wasn't a nice environment for her and then she goes like knocks on ernie's door she's like take me to hollywood and then he does (laughs) he does she's like she hears some like rumors that ernie is going to hollywood and she's like bitch i'm coming with you i mean that happened all very smoothly didn't it for her she's like can i come just, and he's you, like yeah are you 16 she's like yeah <laughs> Which is like a, you know you know what it reminded me of you know dominicana oh, something yeah. similar like that yeah because, and they go to this yeah. yeah 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 yeah. although they go to new york rather than away from it but yeah exactly so they go to it but there's that whole she's of age or we won't ask no questions yeah you know kind of situation difference is that she's born she's born american but she's like cuban american so her family are cuban do you know one bit that really sticks to me in the book as well when he's like you're mexican she's like no i'm not and he's like same difference and i was like yeah 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 I, i i feel sad that she she sort of buries that part of her you know when she's talking about the maid and the yeah. maid is talking to Spanish and bitching about her. And then she's like, I understand what you're saying. Yeah. Like I am Cuban or whatever, or whatever she does say to her. Does she tell her that she's Cuban or not? Maybe she doesn't tell her that. Maybe she tells her. I can't remember. I don't think it matters. But um, either she, way, she, she, rec- she understands. Yeah. Yeah. I felt, I felt it was really sad that she buried that part of her identity there's this weird thing where she's like i understand that i look exotic because i'm tanned and i'm blonde and i've got big boobs it's because i'm because i'm cuban but i have to bury that part to be able to assimilate into this profession it's like when she's to trying to get the parts and they're like oh you need to be like you can't because you're you're not like some blonde like she dyes her hair blonde doesn't she yeah to get the parts and stuff but yeah um, and, that's, and that's very much in the beginning. She, she, you know, she meets with Harry and the studio boss. Um, she makes a really good friendship with Harry that lasts, you know, until the end of their, to, to the end. I really liked their their friendship. And it basically, this is a love story. And it's the love story between Evelyn and Celia St. James. And I just thought it was done so well. And, you know, she talks about being in love with Don Adler at the very beginning. And I, there is, she goes, I was in love with this man at the beginning. And then obviously he was an abusive prick. So, yeah, that changed. That's um, like, yeah, yeah. That um, is quite like the way he's like, oh, I'm sorry. And then there's a bit where he pushes her down the stairs and then she hits mm. her ribs and he's like, oh, my God, are you OK? As if he didn't do it. Like, it's just fucked. Yeah. 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 Oh, it made, oh no, it makes me stressed. It was the way that he was going, he ruined her afterwards. It was like, I think she had decidedly checked out of it. Um, and I think he could tell he was having affairs anyway and then decided that he was, he was like, I'm getting a divorce. But then the way he drew up the divorce proceedings meant that no, obviously, he, he blackballed her in Hollywood. So she couldn't really have a career. And he did, and by doing that, he was like, I'm blackballing you, but I'm letting you have the house and all this money because then at least I'm not completely leaving you in the shit because I'm a nice guy. 
And it's just like, oh, such a, oh, wow. And it was so horrific what he did to her. Um, but she was able to get her career back. Yeah. And then in doing so, she was able to actually find true love with Celia St. James. And they set them up as, I guess, rivals at the beginning. As yeah, in, like, I like, I've just, like, so I've been rereading it because I obviously read it before and I read the bit where she tries to get, um, Celia tries to get Evelyn to go for milkshakes. Yeah. So she's using her and Evelyn's like, Listen up, honey. If you want to use me, you need to do it properly. <laughs> she's like, I'm like I know this game. I've been playing it longer than you. <laughs> <laughs> but then they like actually build a fantastic friendship, and that fantastic friendship actually builds into some to love, like to an intimacy. There was an article about that. I can't remember who did it. Maybe the Metro, where it was like star eye gazing, stargazing, not stargazing. Something gazing is uh, is like more intimate than actually having like coitus, like sex. So what did you call like <laughs> coitus? I had I just had like a I had like a big bang Sheldon moment where I was just like coitus. you really did. <laughs> uh, um, but yeah, they were saying that that type of intimacy is more. It's more intimate and. Um, I when we talked about open water, you know, when I said they were just in bed, yeah, and all they did was sort of just like gaze, like just in taking each other, like Celia and um, my girl here, Celia and Evelyn do that a oh lot. Oh my god, you can't forget Evelyn's visible. name. Her name's on the front. I know we forget names. We're not that bad. <laughs> I'm like, oh god. Um, and so, yeah, I think after Don Adler, it's very much uh, the story of all these seven husbands. Is the story is the love story actually of Celia and Evelyn? It's how they navigate having their relationship in Hollywood without, I guess, exposing themselves because at the time it's not a hard thing to to be a woman and to love another woman in Hollywood during the fifties and sixties. And you mean yeah. this woman had like a five decade career? Um, also her best friend Harry is a, a queer man he's a gay man and it's also the the things that they do to protect each other to be able to have some sort of semblance of of a life with their respective partners um, and so when she marries Mick Reaver that happens quite early on actually I've tagged for all seven husbands are in the book <laughs> So Mick Reaver, she, it, they, they, I love it how she describes them. It's poor Ernie Diaz, goddamn uh, Don Adler, gullible Mick Reaver, clever Rex North, brilliant, kind-hearted, tortured Harry Cameron, Torture. disappointing Max Girard, and agreeable Robert Jameson. Um. But the Mick Reaver stuff was brilliant. Basically, she played him. She was like, I think we're getting, I think people are starting to suss us out a little bit, her and Celia. So I'm going to, Mick Reaver has been, you know, going on stage, professing his love for, for Evelyn. And she's like, well, I guess I'm going to go and use that to my advantage so she convinces him to get married in Vegas. But it's almost like she has to plant the idea in his head. And to do that, she 
she he she knows that all he really wants to do is sleep with her and that's it. Once he's slept with her, he's got no he he has no he doesn't care about what happens next. Mm -hmm. And she just needs to be able to marry him to make it look like to, you know, take him off the scent. Yeah. Sort of thing. So it was really it was a really interesting how she went. She went to Vegas, they got drinking, they got really drunk, and then she he was like, Come on, baby, let's have sex. And she's like, No. And she's like, I just can't do it, not unless we're married. And then he's like, Let's get married, baby. Yeah. So they do. And then they have sex and then he just walks out the room because he's a piece of trash. Yeah, well, we know it's a piece of trash already. But it was fantastic. Although we actually seven hundred and eleven and Hugo obviously came a lot. A lot before that, but yeah, yeah. So then you got an idea of who he, who he is, but then you got a better idea of who he is with Malibu Rising. Yeah, he was never really told from his point of view. I'm glad that we don't get that. You think? Yeah, because like bore off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then um, clever Rob Rex. Is it clever Rex North? Is just the story about them using each other again, but this time why does she marry Rex North let's have a look oh after she marries Mick Celia and Evelyn break up for a little bit because it really broke Celia's heart that she would marry Mick there's they've got this ongoing sort of yeah they they have a business still basically because they he knows that they're not going to have sex basically and he's like fine with it and then basically they have like they get like this like films together and then he yes yeah and then he falls in love so they have to like fake breaking up with each other basically because he gets some he (laughs) falls in love and gets another woman pregnant which is fair enough and then because he's not in love with Evelyn they're not together and then yeah yeah and it works out really well because then they use that as a point. So it turns out Harry then is dating Celia's. So so basically in the meantime, Celia and Evelyn are no longer together after the McReaver stuff because it broke Celia's heart. And then Celia marries a guy called something Braverman, John Braverman, I think, something like that. And it turns out that Harry is also secretly dating John. And so with the Rex North stuff, it kind of worked out quite well because then Evelyn could marry Harry, who yeah. people had been speculating that they'd had a thing for a very long time. And she could marry Harry, Celia would be with John, and then they could be a quad quite quad couple. A quad yeah. <laughs> What's wrong with me? A quad beard. <laughs> yeah. That's a bit isn't it? It's a bit yeah, and your beard they, or whatever. Yeah, and then it'd be fine because then you wouldn't have to explain why people were at people's house because they were they, they wouldn't have to explain it, and it worked until it didn't work. Poor Harry, though. Harry is the the heartbreak in character. Harry, yeah, got a lot of love for Harry. Um, so it's John dies, doesn't he? John dies, and then Harry like goes into a bit of a spiral, and then until he until he falls in love again. But he falls and in love with the married man. Um, and, and that's that a big twist. Spoiler alert. <laughs> the ma- that married man happens to be the father of the journalist that is interviewing Evelyn. And so dun, dun, dun. there's this whole thing. 
there's this whole thing going throughout the book where this girl is like, I don't know why I'm doing this. I don't know why she picked me, but I'm here. She's telling me she's going to set me up for life by... Basically, she's, she everything gets her there under the guise that, you know, I want to write an article, but then it turns out she wants her to write her biography. Yeah. Um, and that she'd make a lot of money for me and it can only be her. Can you imagine, um, though, if someone said that to you, you'd be like, what the fuck? I'd probably say no, because I'd be so freaked out. Why me? Yeah. No, thank you. What, what do you want? So, What's your ulterior um, motive here? Yeah. <laughs> Why me? So, um, I guess I, you th- I, I realised it had something to do with her father because her father is dead, and they make a big point in the beginning, at least her mum does, where it's like, oh, did your... She was like, did dad ever say anything about working with Evelyn? And her mum was like, no, she, he, she, he never did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so you you kind of got to be like, a the connection is the dad. And so the Harry Cameron thing, when that happens, is wild because he falls in love with her father. And what are they planning to do? They, they're driving back up to... I feel like... They're they're drunk they're drunk aren't they and like they frame the other guy Harry no not Harry um Monique, Monique's dad as the driver but actually Harry was driving but they both die yes but okay question did the mum know did Monique's mum know no no did Monique no. tell her so, no she didn't tell her I don't think I would tell my mum no. So, yeah, because that's the hard thing. Because throughout her life, Monique knew that her dad was in a car crash. They understood that he was driving. Um, Was he in the... Was Harry wasn't in the car, was he? I think he took Harry out of the car. Or something like that. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. so it was just him in the car. Basically to Um, save, like, everybody... Like, to save everybody from the big reveal. Yeah, that anything was going on. Yeah, And so she's got this sort of... She doesn't really know the truth around her dad's death. And so what Evelyn is doing is essentially going, hey, I covered this up. I covered it up to protect my friend. But the truth of the matter is that your dad wasn't driving. He's not at fault here. And obviously that sends Monique into a spiral because she's just like, the fuck? But also your dad was having an affair with a man, by the way. Exactly. Yeah, you know, and that's hard because also Monique in this book also struggles a little bit with identity issues. She doesn't have her black father growing up with her. Yeah, she talks about. Yeah, because she's biracial, so she talks about. You know, she doesn't have that side of that part of her there, and she only grows up with her white mother, and like you know, that's half of her that goes so far but then she doesn't really feel like she fits in anywhere. So to then understand what the truth of her father's death, of course, it's going to absolutely send you, unsettle you. And so she's like, do I tell my mum? Do I not tell my mum? I think, does she come across a letter where it's like, he basically tells Harry that he's not going to leave his family. I think that's what happens. Yeah, yeah. She gets some sort of closure, doesn't she? So on the understanding of that, she doesn't tell her mother because when her mother's talking, like her mum only knows good things with her dad. She's like, oh yeah, our marriage wasn't perfect, but I absolutely loved him. He loved me and he loved us. I loved our family. 
So I, I would never tell my mum that. I don't think she would need to know the truth no. about it all. Personally. Ooh, it's so it. meta as well, because in the last bit at the end, in Vivant, in her magazine, she's like, what follows is an excerpt from my forthcoming biography, The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo. It's so meta, because that's what the book's called. <laughs> yeah, because we've done it. We've read the, We've read it. <laughs> I love it. I love how meta... I love, I love how she does it. I love how Taylor Jenkins really does that. We've read the biography... But it isn't published yet, but it's super meta, like you said. And then the same with Daisy Jones. It's like, it's the way she tell, tells it. It's so fantastic. So fantastic. Yeah. There's a, I just opened, Happy, yeah. Happy's reading. Sorry. I was like, he's like, he loved me he, and he loved my mum and nothing I could learn about him now changes that, any of it. It's, oh, I'm going to cry. God, can't do it. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, it's very good. There's book. lots more. There's so many more husbands that they talk about. I don't know if I would want some spin-offs from this. I know we got Mick Reaver as a spin-off. I Daisy feel like you got. She's got to do it. She's got to write about the characters like that. She wants like she can't write about all of them because it would ruin it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But I give would, us more I'd, books, please. Maybe Ruby Riley. Yeah, she's like the. She's like the, uh, I don't know what yeah, story yeah. you can tell, to be honest. Harry, or even like... Back, yeah. I was like, if we get more about Harry Soto, Soto, I wonder what would, who would come out of that. Oh my God, I'm so excited. I'm actually so excited. I saw that yesterday and I was like... <laughs> <laughs> the universe is expanding! Yes! It's going to be as big as a Marvel Cinematic Universe soon. <laughs> <laughs> She's so we should good, have. They but... should. She should do a book where they all come together. <laughs> <laughs> the Avengers. Avengers assemble. I I need to. There's no like. Yeah. There's nothing that links her to Daisy though. I think. Do. Doesn't Mick Reaver? Mick, Mick Reaver is mentioned in Daisy Jones and the Six though. Yeah. So that's the Briefly. connection. So yeah. actually, okay, so I, we were talking about this earlier. I think Daisy Jones is still my favourite. Daisy Jones, then Seven Husbands, then Malibu Rising. But I said, I think Daisy Jones is my favourite because of the way it's written. But if, if it was written in a more story, like, format, like Seven Husbands, Seven Husbands would be my favourite. So that's my complicated answer to which one's my favourite. Mine is The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo. I think it's a beautiful love story. I think it's a brilliant, badass bitch book. She's fantastic. I think for everyone else to run, Evelyn had to walk. Evelyn had to walk for everyone else to run. And like you said, it's super meta because then we've basically read the biography. Yeah. Um, but and, you know, like you was well, yeah. Ellie said that when she read Mallory Rising, she needs like she needs to reread it, being like a different headspace yeah. to read it and stuff. I feel a bit the same about Seven Husbands, to be honest, because I read it when I was like not doing so great. Not the, yeah, not in the best headspace. For yeah, it. I, I read this and was just like, this is fantastic. This is actually fantastic. It's and good. like, just Harry, Harry is a oh, absolutely love Harry as a character. I think Evelyn's fantastic as a like she's unapologetically her and she did what she needed to do to be able to 
do what she needs to do. And she gave back to loads of her. Not, I know when it's like, oh, but they're a good person because they give money to charity. I mean, like, anyone can do that. It doesn't necessarily make you... Oh, my like, God, it's really interesting person. that you said that because I really want to discuss It Ends With Us with you. <gasps> right. Okay, the one thing I will say, and then I can't... That's that line in the beginning where it's like, there's not bad people, it's just... Yeah. Sometimes people do bad things. Mm -hmm. I think it's just a bit too much of a... No, I don't agree. You need to... Okay, our next episode probably, maybe... Can't it will be. It's going to be ends with us. It should have been this one. Sorry, guys. It's just because work's been a bit hectic this week, so I haven't had time to read. But it will be. And KP's been on annual leave. <laughs> yeah, so she's had the time, um, but I, I don't, I don't have the time to read. Um, but I, yeah, I will reread Malibu Rising. That will be one of my like. I don't reread books often, but I will. I don't that. either. I have to say. Because there's so, so many other good books. Reread this. Yeah, I'm gonna finish rereading it. Oh, it's just so good. All of the men that she is able to sort of manoeuvre. The some of them are really nasty. Some of them are really, uh, you know, are better or nicer. Not everyone's yeah. Harry Cameron, unfortunately. And then she has a daughter as well. I feel like it. I feel like Taylor Jenkins Reid took the trajectory of a Hollywood starlet. From like back in the back in that day, so like, like your Betty White, not so much Betty White, because I feel like she was like not that, not problematic, but she didn't have so much that followed her. But yeah. More like a Liz Taylor or who's who's Carrie Fisher's Debbie Reynolds, Ava Gardner. She took that. All of those plot points. They have a daughter that gets a bit troublesome, and then they get back on the right path again, and then they die really young and quite tragically yeah and they have several husbands and it doesn't work out for certain reasons but then you get the truth of why sometimes these things don't work, quite work out I just thought oh, for someone who loves this period and era I thought it was fantastic that's that's me there you go you should definitely read Mr Wilder and me I'll lend it to you will do but yeah. yeah, it ends with us. We will read. I promise. It's coming next because you'll fly through it. it. You'll fly. I, I reckon. You, like I read it quite quickly. But yeah, I have just, lots I to say. I'm not going to say it now because um, I don't want to ruin it. And also, it deserves a whole episode because I have many thoughts. I might write them down. My now. name is Catherine, and I've got something to say. <laughs> <laughs> oh yes, I do. Well, all I'm going to say is. Yeah, no, I'm not going to say anything, actually. Her right. name is Lily Blossom Bloom. Like, oh. I mean, many, many thoughts. Oh, why would you do that as a pet? Like, I know that I'm not going to say no one would do that because I know that there are people that would do that, but still. Why? Well, there you go. Wouldn't she be like Lily Daisy Bloom or, oh, why? No. Right, no. go start work. Yeah, I've got to crack on now. But it was fun talking to you, my darling. Yeah. Speak to you later. Speak to you later. Bye. Bye. And that's the app. If you like the episode, please leave us a lovely review, subscribe and share with your friends. And we'll love you forever. <laughs> Follow us on socials at We Are Bookish Pod. Thanks for listening.